Boss! 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 Welcome back to a full Centennial State edition of At The Buzzer. Um, our first stateside podcast in years, I would say. Um, in years? Who can say? Time goes slow or fast. Who can say? Okay. We are excited to bring you another edition of Colorado Buffalo's uh, athletic news, as depressing as it might be. And uh, we are happy to jump back on the mics now that we don't have any of the crazy latency across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, yes. I am back. I'm full of energy. It is 12.36 p.m. and we're not on different time zones, so I'm not going to be falling asleep while you're doing the pod after work. Um, <laughs> By I, he means Sam, of course. Yes, yes, One I'm co-host. Sam. I, the other co-host, and Jack. Um, and yeah, we are both in Colorado talking about Colorado. It feels so good to be back. Um and we, and it's probably where the feel good stuff ends. That's not true. That's not true. No, that's another, not true. I have another feel good anecdote as well. Um, quite literally feeling good on your skin. Um, I was just telling Sam that I was a little bit late to this recording because I was so excited to wash my new home field apparel clothes that I forgot to take the, um, the order slip out of their uh, options. So I just washed a bunch of paper. Um, with that beautiful home field sweater. So, um, whoops. But if you don't want to do that and you want new home field clothes, promo code Ralphie is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if this is an ad or not, or if we're supposed to be doing an ad, but, uh, I left oh. my home field apparel shirts in Denmark oh. and my girlfriend has, uh, claimed them as hers while I'm gone. Hmm. And she, I think she wears, all my shirts uh, every day. Um, all of them, really. It all of them. Like it'd be yes, hot. yes. Um, no, not with the, such great fabric. It's very breathable. Nice. Um, it's great for uh, being athletic. Um, and then I came home and I got my uh, my 1990 Colorado Buffaloes National Championship shirt. I wear that shirt man. often. Um, and it lasted about five seconds before my brother stole it from me, and now it's his. You got to get more anti-theft stuff going with your clothes. I know. It's just like my family. Oh, my God. It's yeah. Just constantly uh, well, with, from each other. with clothes like that, uh, it makes sense that it would be stolen. It's the uh, yeah. it's the Bugatti Veyron of T-shirts. And, and with our discount, promo code Ralphie, That's you're practically right. stealing from the Home Field Apparel store. <laughs> there you go. Um, yes. Right, I, <laughs> I also had a full price purchase recently of, uh, oh, a, okay. of a Georgia tech hoodie, which is kind of sacrilege, um, given that they yeah, showed the title honestly. with this 1990, but I can't resist a giant yellow jacket in a convertible saying I'm a rambling wreck. Um, that's just very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's sold out that the hoodie. <laughs> well, not, I got the last one then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's my. There's the intro. Uh, let's segue. We we got. Stuff. All right, we got football recruiting. We got Ugh. basketball recruiting. Yay! I think we have some buffs in the NBA updates. What else? Yeah. We got? Uh, I guess final confirmation on the CU basketball roster is it's it's pretty much completed. So um, that's and some light college football opening line talk. Um, some of those have started to creep out. So we want to talk about the stuff that we've seen for CU. Um, 
and uh, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Maybe a whole Pac-12 conversation there. But yeah, right. a little bit of gambling now that that's legal and we're both in the state where that is legal. Yeah, although, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, we got it. All right, uh, let's start with the worst first. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Who's our um, starter running back going to be? Bro? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you were excited at all about the prospect of Colorado Buffalo's offense in 2022, whoops. Um, Ramon Jefferson, FCS All-American, coming from Sam Houston State, signed a uh, what I would call a Davis Webb document, if that's a throwback that mm. works for you, a financial aid agreement. That supposedly bound the school to the player, but as we learned with Davis Webb, not the player to the school. Um, a scant six years ago, Davis Webb used this time to move from a CU commitment to a Cal commitment, um, which allowed Sefa Lufau to have a m- miraculous recovery from his injury and lead yeah, a tenant to CU team. Also, if you remember, uh, if you were listening to the pod back then, I don't know if that we even did a pod back then. I don't think we did. Um, Jack's argument was that he was taking a free vacation to Berkeley because who wouldn't? Yeah, well, who wouldn't? Um, who wouldn't? And he ended up staying there, just like people in Hawaii sometimes. Damn, um, 37 touchdowns, 12 interceptions on a 5-7 and seven Cal Bears team. Sonny Dykes' offenses were insane. They're on draft pick. Keep yeah. that Sonny Dykes offense in your back pocket when we talk about the opening lines later. Anyways, okay. um, Ramon Jefferson did the same thing. Um, signed a financial aid agreement with CU recently said he uh, has decommitted from the University of Colorado and is widely expected to join the Tennessee Volunteers um, as a running back. So yet another Power 5 program swooping in at literally the last second to grab talent. Um, and as you mentioned, I the running back room now is uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah? Uh, well, I don't know anything yeah. about it. So I you have Alex Fontenot. Right. Deion Smith. Alex Fontenot, Deion Smith, who, was, who showed some promise last year behind a uh, gone-off offensive line. Stacks looking like Lendell White in sp- the spring game. Really? Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe like uh, <laughs> decline big. Lendell White at the end of the Titans era. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. yeah, Tennessee Titans, late career. Um. And Charlie Offerdahl, walk-on, had a large role in the spring game. Would not expect that to continue. Uh, Coming in, though, you have uh, freshman Victor Venn, who should play a lot. I would expect him to play a lot. Um, Coming out of 6A Georgia high school football, pretty established already and uh, was a good track athlete. He is your classic Darian Hagen running back of he is so short, how is he breaking these tackles of that variety? I'm on board. Give me the Victor Van offense. Yeah, <laughs> That's all exactly. I need to know. And then a, a final freshman running back, Anthony Hankerson, is joining from Florida, um, St. Thomas Aquinas, which is a powerhouse. He had a lot of Power Five offers um, in his sophomore and junior year before he got hurt. And at the end, he was choosing between uh, CU as a gray shirt, now a full scholarship, and the fighting FIU Panthers, coached by none other than Mike McIntyre. Um, so. Oh. He was uh, he's coming in a little late. Another short kind of scat back option, but has some speed to him for sure. And that is your running back room. Fontenot, I would say, is the only proven option. Um, and you know, last year he averaged three point four yards per carry, so that's not uh, the best. But he is a absolutely 
he has shown he can live in the power five world. He, he can do some work there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deion Smith has some speed. I liked what he saw last year. I hope he gets more blocking to show that off. Um, and then Victor Venn coming in. I'm sure we're missing a name, but yeah, no remote Jefferson really hurts. He was going to play a lot. That is brutal for an already shaky looking offense in 2022. Mm-hmm. Do you want to keep going with football? Sure. Um, did you have anything on your mind or are we football recruiting wise or no? Well, that's the only thing I know about football recruiting wise these days. Okay. Um, as you can see, uh, I have pre-checked out four months <laughs> before I usually check out. Very smart. Just good self-preservation play. Yeah. Yeah. I think I learned uh, from the early days of my CU fandom of uh, when, when, to, when, when I should do some mental health preservation. Yeah. Well, let's do some news and notes to that end. Uh, incoming transfer from Alabama, Tommy Brown, one of the most talented oh, yeah. players on the roster has been spotted with a uh, little leg brace. So we hope that's just a small precautionary thing. Nothing's been said regarding his long-term status, but I hope it, nothing needs to be said, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that also not great news. Um, Trying to think of some other things that have come up. Generally we've been pretty stable injury wise and, and other recruiting wise. The 2023 recruiting class still is pacing ahead of the other Carl Durrell classes. It's, it's dropped a bit as other players, as other teams have added some, but um, really not too bad um, and has some good potential. So for that class, I think there's some solid players in there. But uh, that's that's all I had on the recruiting front. Do you want, you want to go into early lines already? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, some interesting so what's, what's CU's over under at? For win total? Yeah. It started at uh, three and a half. Let me look right. right now. Um, Some interesting futures out there, if you're looking at win futures, for sure. Um, and, and some fun lines if they started to populate. Um, why is this taking a million years to pull up? Wow, there we go. Right. Okay, got it, got yep. it, got it, got it. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Uh, in case you were wondering. A better a better co-host would have filled the, the dead time. Colorado's odds for to win the national title? Yes. Oh, today I want to hear this. Yes. Are plus 99,900. Um, okay. Is that as high as it goes? Uh, no. Duke is as high okay. as it goes at – wait, hold on. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. We are tied with a lot of teams at that level. Um, but maybe Cal is good value at plus 75,000. Oh. Um, all right. Odds to make the Pac-12 championship. Colorado is tied at the bottom with Arizona at plus 4,000. Um, Oregon's at the top with plus 250. And USC and Utah tied at plus 350 each. Um. And let's get to win totals. Why is this? Utah has to win, right? That, or, I mean, oh, I think I would assume Utah would be the favorite in the Pac-12 after the year they had with a young and up-and-coming roster. Um, 
Um, I am pretty high. I don't know. I, I, I do this every year with Utah where I'm like, they can't possibly replace the All-American edge rusher that easily, right? And then they uh-huh. do that. Yeah, um, exactly. So maybe, and I do like um, Cam Rising at quarterback. I think he's better than what they've had there in a long time. They've been so successful without well, – I mean, Tyler Huntley was good. Uh, but, yeah, he yes, he had a good year. Um, for sure. He had a good year. And that's the only good quarterback I think they've had in the last 10 years. Um, you didn't like Trevor Wilson? I don't know who that is. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, Colorado's at three and a half, by the way, as of okay. yesterday. Um, win total. And so, sorry, to fully recap, CU's at a three and a half win total and plus 4,000 to make the Pac-12 championship. Um, not rosy um, outlook from, from Vegas regarding next year. And looking at each game, I am shocked it's actually up as high as three and a half because this is a, as we mentioned before, brutal schedule. Uh, and each individual line is not looking great for CU. So out early, we have the CU-TCU line just announced. That is going to be on national television, 8 p.m. local time. Um, so pretty late game. Mm-hmm. And last I saw, that was TCU at minus eight and a half against CU. Great. Um, so that is that, as you mentioned, that Sonny Dykes offense looks like it's moved up to nine, TCU minus nine. Sonny Dykes, now the coach of TCU, um, after leaving SMU, which is something that's sacrilege in Dallas, but, you know, more money, he'll take that. Uh, and they had a lot of they a lot of departing talent and a, a new coach, new system, that's as far removed from Gary Patterson as possible. Adds a lot of um, weirdness to it, but yeah, I, Mark Perry. Mark Perry is going to transfer. He's going to give them all the inside scoops on the Colorado offense. Yeah, okay. Telling them this team is not good at offense. <laughs> uh, quarterback can't throw. <laughs> and the line can't fly. <laughs> and the insider trading. I I I, I think. I think that'll be the difference. There is a new offensive uh, coordinator, thankfully, but yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then the, and his track record again. <laughs> uh, ask again later, the Magic oh. 8-Ball says. Um, nothing. So the other line I could see, I'm trying to pull it up. It's it's taken, it's taken off of Vegas Insider right now. I think it might be on DraftKings. Is the USC-CU line later in the year. Um if you had to guess, Sam, what that's gonna what that is at, what would you guess? The line for what? For USC Colorado. Um, USC minus twenty-eight point five. Wow, a little high. Yeah. Uh, from what I read earlier, and I cannot find a live odd, that was at USC minus twenty-two against okay. CU. Um, so three touchdowns at least. Um, not great. Not, not great, but that might be an opportunity for an early uh, gambling play for those that are interested. Um, anyways, all of this is pointing to a not rosy outlook for CU schedule this year. They did have um, all three non-conference games TV announced, and this was good, I thought. Um, okay. So yeah. TCU yeah, yeah. at home on the main ESPN channel, 8 p.m. Mountain. That's pretty Friday good night. coverage. If, if CU can win that game, that'll look real good. Um, mm-hmm. Next week is at, down in the Springs at Air Force at 1.30. That's a CBS game. 
that should that TCU game should be really fun. Like that's gonna be I the first so. game for all the incoming students uh, on a Friday night. Like should be Saturday should be night. a fun atmosphere. No, no, it's Friday night. You're right. It's Friday, yeah, it's Friday, Friday night in Boulder. Um, if they win, like that, that could buy them some pretty decent. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, faith from the the incoming fans. Exactly. I know the student section was great last year, even though it was fantastic. Fans. That Oregon um, State game still sticks out as one of the most fun I've had in Folsom Field in the last 10 years. Damn. Double overtime uh, win? Great student section? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's fantastic. Um, so I, I think that could be really fun. Like, um, like as you can probably tell, I'm a little bit low on this CU team. Um, but if, if they um, get a little boost from their home crowd, play with some energy, that would be a really fun opening win. Absolutely. If, if CU can pull that off, it really bodes well for the rest of the year. I would be, to keep it in the gambling conversation, I would be pretty heartened if CU, if you had a CU over three and a half wins ticket and they beat that C- TCU team. Uh, I feel like that would be a good sign. Yeah. Um, same thing with Air Force. If you can get a win against Air Force on CBS, that'll look pretty good. Air Force is always tough. They are losing a decent amount from last year's team, but Air Force always has a lot of graduating seniors. Um, and I am honest, that that is one of the few games on the schedule where CU should be able to out-talent the opposing team. We'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, yeah. We, we say that, but then Air Force is really tricky to play against. Um, never forget, uh, uh, $10 million man Mel Tucker lost to Air Force at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. With LaVisca Chenault, actually. Um, so... Why do we miss him sometimes again? Um, anyways, the... Because uh, he had chutzpah. Yeah, he also was recruiting. Anyway, there's a lot of reasons. The last um, television spot that was confirmed was at Minnesota on September 17th. That is also a 130 game, and that is a ESPN2 a matchup. Um, so another great national... Like, a no Pac-12 games in the non-con is actually pretty good. That's, that's a lot of good exposure for CU. Mm-hmm. Um, and Minnesota looks pretty good. Um, they have yes. their running back coming back. And Tanner, Tanner Morgan, Morgan I believe, somehow. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand. He has like eight years of eligibility. I do not get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, new so, offensive uh, coordinator for them. What's the line? Uh, that one's not been out yet. I have not seen that one. Their offensive coordinator, they, they upgraded, right? Yes. Well... Depending on how you feel about Mike Sanford, yes, <laughs> they went back to a uh, to the guy who was PJ Flex offensive coordinator before he left for Penn State. Left Penn State after one year to go back to be PJ Flex offensive coordinator. At Kirk Soraka, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. So whatever the case, Sanford and Fleck was not a happy marriage. Who, who's to say who's who's in trouble there? Um, well, PJ Fleck is also crazy. So I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that. Those are the, the early odds and early TV times we've seen so far. Um, no Pac-12 TV times or or networks have been announced yet, um, but it's a pretty good home schedule. So I hope at least one of those gets national TV. I hope it's not the Oregon game. UCLA um, would be fun. That might be a win. So that I get cool. some strong Pac-12 network at one thirty vibes from. At Arizona versus Cal, at Oregon State versus uh, Arizona State. You are dreaming if you think an early October game at Arizona is going to be early afternoon, man. That is a night oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That'll be, that'll be night. I knew that would be night. Um, but the Arizona State game, it says ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. So. 
Yeah, somehow that got option already. And FS1 yeah, for at USC is what I'm seeing as well. Um, uh, FS1, okay. For which USC. is that 22-point line. Okay. Um, I'm trying to Friday think of anything. Night? Any other yeah. football wrap-up notes we have? We were pretty quiet uh, covering the spring football season, but with limited media availability and a spring showcase that was more injury-filled than anything, there wasn't too much to cover. Um, in fall camp, we hope to ramp that up as we see a little bit more of what the team will actually look like. Um, and we'll obviously have a preview this summer, um, fully explaining our thoughts around how we expect our team to do this year and, and focusing on each position group, you know, the classic Ralph report preview. Um, and we'll also try to bring some guests on for, uh, for some, for some overall podcast previews. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I think that'll end with football. Let's go to the, the more fun area still, uh, yes. basketball, who's our taddy. Um, <laughs> and we, we have some news here. All right. So we have two incoming transfers. Is that correct? Um, yes. Both. Uh, and, and confirmation, see- confirmation that Jabari is, is going pro. So we hope to see him drafted. Yes. Um, oh man, I need to find the basketball page. I was not prepared for the 24-7 sport transfer portal. Um, yes. Give me a... Okay. So I, I will... Have, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we have two incoming transfers, both seniors, am I correct? From uh, Yes. From uh, the Ivy League. Yep. Um, one, both of them are wings. One yep. of them, sweet shooting. And the other, very athletic and defensive-minded. Both were all Ivy League selections as well. Oh, so these are these nice. are the all-stars of the league. Uh, and what are their names? As I pull up, there is Ethan Wright, who we've talked about before in this podcast. He was he came in earlier from Princeton as a grad transfer. He is a really good shooter um, and a really good rebounder for his size. So he's like six five. He's going to be more of a guard side size wing, like a two or a three. Um, but he led Princeton in rebounding and I believe was second in the Ivy League in rebounding uh, at 6.9 a game oh, yeah. from the guard spot. So he was uh, a really good boarder for, for a Peruna player, a really good shooter. Um, fits that what Tad wants from those areas pretty well. Um, and, mm-hmm. and overall, pretty decent scorer. So um, like you said, grad transfer, taking advantage of a COVID year because Ivy League had two COVID years. Um, as the first league to shut down in 2020. And uh, yeah, that, that's Ethan Wright. And the latest yes. one came in this week is, after Jabari said he was gone for good. Yeah, and that would be uh, Jalen Gabadon. Yep. How yep. do you pronounce that? I, I say Gabadon, but it's probably Gabadon or Gabadon. Gabadon. I'll say Gabadon. He's from Yale, 6'5, uh, 190-pound. Yes. Uh, shooting guard, small forward combo, like whatever Parquet played, he's basically the same position. Yes. Um, terrific defender, twice named uh, All Ivy League defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, like he looks athletic, I can say that based on his tape. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had he had some good good teams supposedly going after him. Uh, yep. that, this was a fun slash weird recruitment. I also I love that Tad Boyle's response to his um, to a a prep recruit internationally potentially being denied academically, which is why he had to go yeah. elsewhere, being Bobby Clinton. Um, 
I love that Taboro's response is, all right, fine. Well, we'll get two Ivy League transfers. Good luck. Good luck getting rid of that uh, admissions department. Um, yeah, so Gavinon was an interesting recruitment. Uh, potentially some of the reason he came to see you is he is he owns a startup. He's, he's the owner of a startup regarding, it's, I think, some athletic training and like how the best way to increase explosiveness. Um, and they're based in Denver. They were based in Denver while he was playing at Yale, by the way. Interesting. Um, so I, you know, I think he came out to visit CU a few times, partially also to visit his company. Um, and he is going for legit, I think it's an MBA um, or something yeah. it, that's like related to his business. So he's going, he is here. He is an actual like full student athlete in every sense of the word as a graduate student. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, an absolute clamps defender on the wing and really took a gigantic scoring leap um near the end of the season he, he did pretty well against some high major teams that Yale played um so he, he has the athleticism to to hang for sure yeah I, th- I think what I saw is like he's he gets a, a good amount of points on cuts and offensive rebounds um I think he yeah, can he, sh- shoot he a- shot better earlier in his college career he did not shoot well last year yeah like the shot looks okay but not super accurate um maybe it can be we can get some I don't really know how to fix a shot uh Hopefully we can produce a little bit uh, in that way, but um, yeah, I, uh, he looks like he's going to contribute immediately, at least from a defense point of view. I don't know uh, if he'll if he'll be playing starters minutes, but I I think that's a great depth piece to have. Yeah, so um, let's talk about the last guy that came in um, yeah. over the past few weeks. That would be Javon Hadley, um, who also had some pretty big schools looking at looking at him before he chose CU. He uh, is coming to see you from Indian Hills Community College. Indian Hills Community College is a, um, has been a nice well for CU players over the last few years. Um, Shane Gatling went to Indian Hills, if you remember, mm-hmm. of course, Shane Gatling, um, who was a, a really nice depth piece for a few years. And there's one other connection there that I'm totally blanking on. Oh my God. That's okay. We can whatever. Um, yeah. So anyway, Javon Adley is from that uh, program, really established community college program. They take they send a lot of people to to D one and high major schools um, as frequently. They are they they are like a, a factory. They you know you're going to get good coaching if you go to IHCC. Um, Hadley was kind of played everything for them. Oh no! He really took on a scoring role uh, near the end of this year for them. So he, he really turned it on. He was averaging, I think like six a game before the last half of the year and then, and then turned it into like 16, 15 for them as he got mm-hmm. closer and more comfortable in his role as, as primary ball handler and initiator. Um, he comes to see you. He's like six, six ish um, and really versatile defender, a little bit bulkier, um, decent shot, pretty athletic. Um, and can, can score in a bunch of different ways. Um, so honestly, like a good same thing of just like versatile wing. It, it's like, I, I said this before, but I, I, it feels like Tad got scorned this, uh, this off season with a few different things. So he's like, screw it. I'm going back to my happy place of like, this guy can play one through five if I really want him to. And he plays good defense and he cuts and uh, you know, your, your Trayshawn Fletcher, Jerron Hopkins mold is what you're seeing here. Okay. Um, you know, Tad like loves those versatile wings um, and Hadley and Gabadon can both 
guard two through four with ease. I would say Gabadon can guard one as well. And I would say Hadley can probably squeeze up to five if you really wanted him to, depending on what team you're playing. I, um, I think Hadley looks a bit more athletic and versatile than Maddox Daniels as a comparison. Definitely more versatile than Maddox Daniels, especially on the offensive side. He is not just a gunner um, like Maddox mm-hmm. was. So, um, I, in the end, he's a really good ad, I think. Um, and he was a classic Tad Juco player. Same thing with Shane Gatling. Of went to a four-year school, wanted something better, so he went to a community college to get better opportunities. Um, so it's he was a full academic qualifier. He didn't go to junior college for any other reason other than to get better recruitment opportunities. So mm, okay. um, that's something that Tad looks that. at as well. Yep. So he was at Northeastern as a freshman. Um, so he should okay. have. Um, Three to play two. Best Northeastern NBA player. Go. Shane Gatling. No. No, Northeastern University. I think Shane Gatling also went there, but he didn't go to the NBA. I, I have no okay. clue. All right, I'll give you a hint. Five foot ten from Puerto Rico. NBA champion. Locked up LeBron James in the 2000. JJ Barea? Yes. <laughs> he went to Northeastern? Yep. Wow. I did not know that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so just give you a little bit of sense on, on how Hadley ended this year and part of the reason why his recruitment blow, blew up. So let me just give you point, point totals for the first 10 games and the point totals yeah. for the last 10 games. Sure. And IHCC was like ranked 10th in the country for almost the whole season. So and they were playing Dude, pretty good. Shot looks points. nice. All right, so zero points, four points, two points, 13 points, and then four points, nine points, two points, four points, two points, six points. Great. One double-digit game, a lot of four and sixes, okay? Let me mm-hmm. give you the last 10 games, okay? 24 points, 17 points, 18 points, 17 points, 17 points, 14 points, 16 points, 21 points, 21 points, 10 points, 18 points. That's nice. Yeah, he, he grew up for sure. Like, the, he figured out what he was going to do. Um, so, yeah, in the playoffs, I believe, he was playing number 10 Triton versus number 6 Indian Hills. Um it was 87 to 84 was the final score. And Hadley had 21 of those points, uh, three of five from three, eight of 14 from the field, eight boards, two assists, only two turnovers, only two fouls and three blocks. He just did everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Great. he's going to be a good addition. I have some thoughts, um, questions, concerns. Okay. So, um, oh my God, I forgot the Princeton guy. Uh, Gabadon and, and Ethan Wright. Ethan Wright. Um, they're both pure wings, I think. Yes. Um, and then Hadley looks like a three, maybe a four. Depends. Like, he looks like he can fill that in. Maybe, if they want to go small. I, I don't know. I, I would put him very similar to post Nick up. Clifford uh, in terms of, like, where they can play. Or, like, I guess, or, like, Luke O'Brien, maybe. Like, I guess they can play the four. Um, yeah. But hopefully not that much. But, like, okay, yeah, I'm thinking, like, in the Luke O'Brien mold because Luke O'Brien was probably – I think he was the second biggest player in a lot of lineups last year, um, especially once Lovering got hurt. Um, But um, it looks like – like, we have a dearth of big men, as you know. Yes. Lawson Lovering and Joe Hurlbert are the only bigs on the roster, I believe. Yes. Um, and the rest is just going to be a bunch of athletic, skilled forwards. Um, 
And so I'm wondering like what style Tad is going for next year, because obviously we've had a lot of pretty good big men lately. Um, what, what do you think? What, what do you see shaking out minutes wise, rotation wise? It's definitely going to be a way different team than it was structured last year, which was built around the post. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of like his thing of, you know, if we don't get Jabari Walker back, I kind of like the idea of instead of trying to one-to-one replace the production of Evan Batty and Jabari Walker, which would be like next to impossible on using transfers or um, prep recruits. Like I can't imagine there would be a, a combination of things that would get us that production. I kind of like him just saying, why don't we just not try to reproduce that and just and completely change how the team looks. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think next year you're going to see a lot of Tristan DeSilva at the four and five, as opposed to the three and four. I was going to ask, I was going to ask, are we going to see Tristan start at the five or are we going to see Lovering start at the five? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Have to, you have to pick one of the two. Totally. Like, I, I, is Lovering ready for that? I don't know. That would be tough. Yeah. It might, it might be one of those deals where Lovering starts at the five, but Tristan finishes the game, which Dad likes Walton. to do. Yes, the Dallas Walton. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would say that we're going to see a lot of Tristan De Silva at the five. We're definitely going to get smaller and faster, um, mm-hmm. which fits it, depending on how you look at our um, guards. That really fits what we look at there. I think that, you know, we're, Craig J. Simpson wants to run, and I yeah. th- we're going to be able to run better. Um I think you're going to see a lot of Quincy Allen, which we haven't seen before, but we're going to see a lot of him. And it'll be interesting to see if he can play the four. He was pretty real thin, but uh, I think he can play the four. That would be something that would be interesting to me and put, give you a lot of offensive firepower. Um, Yeah. I don't know. You're going to see like, there's, I don't know, more than I would say 70% of the roster lives in that. You could play the shooting guard or you could play power forward like zone, yeah. like Luke O'Brien, Nick Clifford, Gabadon, Ethan Wright, um, Devon Hadley. Those are all three new guys. And then you have Hurlbert, who's probably going to be like a weird 6'11", 3-4 because he doesn't play inside that much really? um, as a true freshman. He can, but you, I mean, you watch him, he shoots really well. It'll be interesting to see. He's, he's slow, but it'll be interesting to see what he looks at there. Um, yeah. Also, I, I again, like I, I really can't expect a seven footer coming from North Dakota to produce immediately. Right. Like where where has he played against college size and athleticism? Uh, probably on the AAU team. Same as Lovering. Yeah. Um, okay. And Lovering will still look lost, though. So for a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see. And it's the same thing with Javon Ruffin. Like, are we even going to see Javon Ruffin this year? I was going to say weird, like six, six point guard. Like how do you deal with that? Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, I think though, also um, like losing Keyshawn Bartholomew, um, Ted Boyle did not try to go for a primary ball handler. Um, he went for the more wing type players. Um, so I'm wondering if like, is he going to be content with KJ and Hammond or is he expecting Javon Ruffin to start? Uh, contributing or he, has, try, he like, a thousand percent is going to be attent- content with KJ. And I, I think, well, you, he knows that this is going to be KJ's team, I think. Um, and I think he's always going to be content with Hammond because that's just your classic tab oil, boring guard, right? No offense, Hammond, but like 
he he goes to his spots. He doesn't kill you in anything. He hits his shots. Like that's not, that's really valuable, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Keyshawn transferred partially because he kind of saw his minutes weren't going to be better next year. Like he wasn't going to get more minutes on this team next year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Ruffin even plays. Like he's coming off of a pretty brutal injury, same as Quincy Allen. Well, he had the whole he had offseason surgery and just spent the year recovering. Right. And practicing. Um hopefully he does. That was his red shirt in a in an era where everyone keeps saying you can't redshirt people. Somehow Tad Boyle trans redshirted two high three stars, four stars. Um so four, four stars full. Right. Yeah, well, so there you go. So like I would hopefully they're both ready to contribute. If there's just so many unknowns in this year, because um, we don't exactly know how often Wright and Gabadon's going to play. The other thing yeah. I do like that he targeted with those two players, plus Hadley a little bit, who Hadley's played two years of pretty high level basketball, is um, experience. Like mm-hmm. Gabadon and Wright are both two year team captains. Gabadon, especially, was a two year team captain, Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year, his junior year. And um, was the leading scorer, I believe, this last year for Yale. Like, he did everything for that Yale team. Oh, and they made the NCAA tournament, by the way. That's right. worth noti- noting. Right. They were good. They were the best Ivy League team last year. Um, like, he was a really high-usage player on both ends, was also the team captain, also started a company. Like, he is going to be an absolute asset on the leadership side of things, I think. Um, at the very least, he's going to know how to get his own stuff done. Like, it... I think he and Wright are both going to be positives mentally just because of how much basketball they both played um, Mm -hmm. and how they both have been leaders where they have played. I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot more Gabadon than than Wright. I think we'll be surprised by how often we see him. And I think he still has two years technically Uh um, because of the weird Ivy League COVID stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. I mean, let's, let's look that up. Because um, he has played three years, so he might have two, actually. Right. Cause unless, unless, the, yeah. unless the Ivy League players just got screwed and lost that COVID year to their season being canceled. That would suck. Yeah, I don't think so. But that would be par for the NCAA course. Yeah. But I think this does like signal that um, Luke O'Brien's probably going to be trusted quite a bit. Um, Lovering's going to have to play a bit. So, um, so weird. And then Tristan is going to be a starter. I think that's probably that's guaranteed. And he's Tristan's probably going to be a starter. A, um, I'm actually interested to see who their most important player will be because you can make. I know who I think it is, but continue. Keep. I keep think saying it's. Anything. I think it's KJ, but right? I think that it could be. You could make an argument for De Silva. Um. Yeah, I don't think that's who I would make the argument for. I think what you're going to see next year, and I'm excited to watch this, is a way more athletic, way more run-and-gun team. Are you going to um, say Neek? Yes, I was going to say Neek is your potential. I think your triumvirate of KJ, Neek, and Tristan is going to be where a lot of your offense comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. And that, those are three really, really athletic pieces that all can run. Um Tristan's not too fast, but he's just so smart on the secondary fast break. How many times did we see Tristan get a dumb layup because he just like jogged into the fast the lane after people sold out to stop the layup? Like yeah, he and, and he has those weird ass steps. So even if he's slow, he's still getting past you. 
Right. Exactly. I, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think that's going to be where a lot of, I think like the team core is those three with Luke O'Brien being a great um, depth piece that is probably, like you said, going to play more. It's interesting. They basically recruited three people in the Luke O'Brien role and we're all saying like, that probably means he gets more minutes, but that's because he's <laughs> like, uh, he's so big compared, like he plays so much bigger than the other three do, or we think they do. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still – obviously, we can't say anything about those guys. I, I would actually say uh, Javon Hadley, he seems to me like he, he plays – he looks like he plays pretty big. Um, but I think that it's because he – it seems like he naturally moves into places in and around the paint like a big man. He definitely, yeah. Like, like he always moves – one. he's always one step away from the basket, squared up, ready to catch the ball. The other weird thing about that is the way that Ted Boyle replaced the rebounding, which is the biggest thing I think is the issue next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, point production is going to be tough, but you're losing so much on the rebounding side of things with Batty and Walker. And the way he did that, I thought was interesting of just getting three guys who were really good at rebounding from untraditional spots. So I, it's going to be a way shorter team next year. I'm interested to see how that works. I could see it working pretty well until you run into the people like Arizona that can run with you and also can dominate you with size. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. The last other thing is that um, it's going to be really fascinating to just see the style they play. Um, because like, again, we've, we've had good big men on the team. Um, and uh, the Lawson Levering is like a full proven player. I think that it's going to be weird. And I don't know. I would also, uh, going back, um, I think I would rather, if if you could give me the option of which three fours play the most minutes besides Clifford, um, I think I would want it to be Quincy Allen. Um, uh, of course. Yeah, I also want to see that. He has. He definitely has the most um, offensive potential. I, 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 we said this when he signed. Of the people next year who could pop off for like a 30-point game, top you know 28 point game it'll Quincy Allen is the guy I would be say is most likely because he can yeah. score from anywhere he has a ridiculous shot he's really athletic and he's uh he can um drive so mm-hmm. I, three level scores are hard to come by and that is one of them um, um, also I think me, me and Jack Carlo we did an interview with him and it actually seems like he uh he likes watching I think um I this might actually be completely wrong but I, I think he liked how Tyler Bay would play in the CU offense. And he wants to like brash um, like Tyler Bay would. Oh, interesting. Um, um, and so I think he might see himself as more of a um, forward, like, cause he loves to rebound. He says, like he says, getting an offensive rebound um, is his, I think his favorite thing to do. And we, well, we heard from, practice reports that Quincy Allen, when he did play on in practice was the best offensive rebounder um, on the, on the court. And that was with Jabari there. So, okay. I am excited. I don't know. I, 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 you have faith in Tad. I always have faith in Tad. I think this will be Mm -hmm. a top half of the Pac-12 program. Again, um, it'll be tough to say that it'd be a tournament program, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the most comparable program last year in terms of like where they ended the year was probably Wazoo, which got absolutely brutalized. Um, so 
That one I will say is not uh, a worry. And really looking at the upper echelon, like UCLA and Arizona, and you know, I will, I doubt CU will compete with them, but they usually aren't anyways. Um, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see. I'm trying to think, when was the last time CU had a team that wasn't post offense based that wasn't like you need to get the ball inside out first. I have a thought. I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay. Who is the center? Dallas Walton was starting McKinley Wright's freshman year. Is that true? I believe so. That team was a bunch of babies. Um, I think that would be the team just because they weren't posting up uh, Tyler Bay. 2018? They weren't posting up Tyler Bay or um, whoever was talking Lucas Seward? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucas Seward. Sophomore Lucas playing. Seward. Um, Tori, Tori Stewart Miller. Yeah, so it was Dallas Walton, Tyler Bay, and then Tori got hurt. Yep. Um, so it was Seward. Um, that team was not was very perimeter oriented, but they also weren't very good offensively because they were all just kids, right? Um, but, but then even then they had two normal big men. Like I don't know how big, normal Tyler Bay is, but he uh, fits into that mold. Yeah, I would say the first two years the McKinley Wright era were definitely not as inside out, and I would say the other thing I was thinking of. Uh, mm-hmm. was the Derek White year where Wesley Gordon was your main offense in the post and he was not comfortable with that. So that was a <laughs> lot of cutting from the XJ, a lot of George King, a lot of Derek White from the perimeter, mm-hmm. a lot of drive and kick. And uh, um, unfortunately, probably the we just named the three worst offenses of the last uh, however right. many years. That's what, I, that's what I was about to get to. <laughs> um, but that was because the, the Derek White team they were like all the role players were so inconsistent. Oh my god! Like even George King had a bad year um, for that. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah he had better years before and after that season. Xavier Johnson put up stats, but like you didn't really know what version of him you were gonna get. Um, and then Wesley we Gordon. all know about Wesley Gordon, <laughs> Josh Fortune, and to some extent oh, Josh Fortune. Oh man, yeah, that was and, and that team. That, that team had no depth. They were playing. Oh wow, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to guess the the end of the bench? The three guards on the end of the bench. Thomas Akizui. Yep. David Talton. Ten minutes a game for thirty games. What? David Talton. No, he was gone. Don Collier. Uh, yes, but he played a lot, so I wasn't counting him. Oh, Delion Brown. Got to be Delion yes. Brown. Delion Brown. And then one more. Oh, God. Um, Bryce Peters. Your, yep. Okay. Wow. That's that a, is rough. That's a bad bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this like, won't be again, that. <laughs> this won't, it, be, this that. won't be that. And again, you could blame whichever coach on recruiting bad guards, but um, we're, we're in a better place up and down the roster than them. Um, maybe they don't have the star talent of Derek White, but every other position should be better. Totally. Well, uh, I mean, no okay. Derek White, but the overall talent on this roster on paper is probably like top three all time with the last two years. If you include the last two years, 
Like last year's was really high too, but wait, you know, it's, what? Can you repeat that? The talent on paper on this roster is probably top three all time, with the last two years being the other two. I guess by all time in modern era. Um. Okay. I'm not sure. Were you thinking some maybe some early tad like Josh Scott 2012? I don't. I don't agree with that. But okay, that's fine. I'm. I'm. Just, I just. I think I have a more wait and see approach. Well, yeah, but you don't wait and see. I'm saying on paper. That's why I said on paper. Okay. Okay. Then I'll, I'll let you. Boston's know. high four star. Quincy Allen's high four star. KJ's a four star. Okay. Herbert's okay. A four okay. Star. Okay. You're right. Ruffin's you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I don't know. Tristan's It'll be. A, wasn't Tristan a zero star? He was unrated. Yeah. And yeah. I have no idea where Gavadon or Wright are, but. Mm-hmm. They were pretty high up in the list of like you know here are the transfers you should get. I think Gavadon was at least. But he was yeah, so under some... the radar. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know who he was. Second leading scoring, you know, last year plus the best defender on the team plus the team captain. That's a lot of good stuff. Do we have any other thoughts? What What is one improvement you want to see from one player over the summer, over the off season? Um, the thing like, I want to play... see most is Nick Clifford yamming on people more because we all know he can do it, and he knows he can do it. I just want him to do it more often. Okay. That's I think he driving from the wing has a combination of size, speed, and smarts that will be very hard for a lot of teams to deal with because he was still growing into himself last year, and he ended up being a really good player on that run. And now that his three is kind of respectable, I feel like – I just want to see every play end with a pump fake from Nick Clifford into a dunk, which uh, is impossible. But hey, I've scored 100 points like that in 2K before. <laughs> nice. Um, I think I want to see Lovering become like a defensive. Like I want him to f- have figured it out defensively. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the other one is I. W- I think it would be fun if Javon Ruffin just came back and was just a knockdown shooter. Which I don't think is going to happen, but it would be fun. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything out of Ruffin. So yeah, no, uh, it would be fun if Ruffin did anything. Yeah, I have no idea what his game even is like. All I know is he's a big guard who is a bit uh, smart and strong. Good shooter, a little slower. Uh, son of an NBA scout, so has been coached on the game. Um, but you know, high major prospect. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from Ruffin. It should be fun. It'll be a totally different team next year um, with how they play. A lot of the same faces, but I'm expecting it to be a lot faster, which will be great. Let's use that um, too. When is the NBA draft? We don't have – I don't think there's any – June 23rd NBA draft. I don't think there's anything new on Jabari. He performed well at the Combine, uh, or at least in the five-on-five five in the Combine. I don't, I don't know about his actual, like, uh, measurement stuff, but he was the leading scorer on his team a few different days. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good to see, and yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he heard what he needed to hear, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, um, he left before the combine. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he signed, he signed with an agent last week um, that mm-hmm. locked him from returning. So, good, best of luck to him. Hope he gets drafted. Um, he'll be another in right. the round of another in the line of uh, Tab Boyle's second round picks. Probably, I would, I would- imagine he's first. I need to learn how hand width is measured because I think Thunder's my hand width. Thunder pinky. My hand width is like the same as Jabari's. 
It's thunder pinky, but uh, okay. I, I read an article about this because Brandon Allen increased his hand width by an inch before the. Oh combine. yeah, by doing stretch, by doing by stretches. doing uh, acupuncture. Yeah, so I was looking at that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We can do a full. Do you want to do the full NBA update real quick? Jabari, sure. Starting with Jabari. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh okay, so Jabari listed at six foot six and three quarters without shoes. Wow. So that's pretty short. Uh, wingspan. Oh man. Oh wait, hang on. I need I just saw Ken, Kenneth Lofton Jr. I need to see his wingspan. <laughs> also, David Roddy might not go in the draft, which is crazy to me. Why would you Damn. not oh, go? Oh, yeah, he should go. What else do you uh, have to R- prove? RJ Harper is 6'4 with a 7'1 wingspan. I don't even know who RJ Harper is. Ron Harper Jr. Sorry. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Um, and then Lofton did not measure. Um I need these big boys to make it. And then Jabari Walker, his uh, uh, wingspan is 6'11", which is not good for a power forward. It's uh, not. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's not. That's insane. He is a 7'11". Ty Washington was at 6'8", for comparison. Um, okay. Yeah, the other... That's like the other, lower. I'm confused. No, I'm saying Ty Ty Washington is a 6'0". Right. Um, okay, hang on. I'll sort by position. Give me a sec. If you want to stall. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other chat portal second round picks while we're waiting. Spencer Dinwiddie, second round pick. George King, second round pick. Derek White was a first round pick. Uh, is that it? Is it just Din- Dinwiddie and King? Uh, Tyler Bay. Tyler Bay, second round pick. That one did not work out as well. Um McKinley Rice should have been a second round pick, but at least he got to pick his team. Oh man, dude. Okay, so Walker's wingspan uh, is not that many power forwards got measured, um, but a lot of them it's like pretty obvious that they have longer wingspans, like So Chan, Jabari Smith, Holmgren. I cannot Bankera. describe to you how much I dislike So Chan. So Chan. Oh okay, my god. I don't know how to feel about him as a prospect at all. I have no idea. I, I, just, I, I did not see much of him all year, and then I watched him against North Carolina, and he spent more time on the ground than upright. And it was like, okay, I know yeah. you're not that flimsy guy. Mm-hmm. Probably um, a good fit for the NBA game, though. But yeah, of the power forwards who got measured, and this is saying like a lot of the ones who have an obviously long wingspan did not get measured. Um, Jabari Walker was second lowest with wingspan, and really? Jake, Jake LaRavia was the only one lower who the and hell he's is that he's gonna be he might be a first round pick he's a wake forest small forward power forward who's like six foot seven he's just um, a shooter he's a shooter but he's also smart and has handles um okay i mean jabari's so, a shooter. and then um yeah i mean yeah i i think he doesn't really have the offensive skill that someone like LaRavia has um, is and Laravia then, just like the Kevin Herter or whatever? Steve uh, Bucks guy and Hawks guy? I mean, he is white, but no. Um, okay. He's more... I don't really have a good comparison. Um, oh, I want to say he's more probably more like Eric Aaron Nesmith. That's a bad cop. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like it, it, it's not great for Jabari to measure how he did. He also... I don't know how they measure body fat, but he, he had a pretty high one. Uh, higher than David Roddy, 
I don't think that's hilarious means anything. That is hilarious. Also, <laughs> Walker Kessler was second highest. <laughs> really? And he's really skinny, so apparently Dude, he's just he's just not very defined. Yeah, Drew Timmy was on? highest. Oh, that makes total sense. Trevor Keels was high, which is interesting because he's big. Uh. Yeah. Okay, let's let's. I wrote you to the final buff in the NBA. We want to talk about um, now that Dinwiddie is eliminated from the playoffs. We, there is still, despite great play, he was the second best player for the Mavericks. I, he made but, a lot of fans, I believe. Yeah, in, in yeah. Mavericks land, who were like, "Why are you paying for this guy? I'm stupid." That's what our editor sounds like sometimes when he talks about friends with Dinwiddie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Way to insult one of our 12 listeners. <laughs> oh, man. If anyone made it this far, good for them. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's why you pay for Dinwiddie, because he's a, he's the best. Um, and he really knocked down some shots for them. But he's eliminated. There's still one buff alive in the playoffs. Derek White coming in. Huge game in game six to try to keep the Celtics alive against Jimmy Butler's 47. Um, but alas, to no avail. Game seven is on yeah. the way yeah we're also recording this on sunday and i don't think it's going to be published until monday at the earliest so so congratulations uh, derek, white, derek white for making he the might finals be, he might <laughs> damn the heat are not good enough to make the finals they are not good i mean can like, i be I, totally I, honest i have hated watching every game of the series it's just flop fest a ton of thousand and neither oh, team no. looks that talented compared to the warriors the, the playoffs have been terrible just straight up it's because Jokic didn't make it. I think there's been like four good games. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's been not fun to watch. I, I, it forced me to even watch the Avalanche, which is like, dude, same. Of. I, <laughs> <laughs> I should not be watching Avalanche games. Like, I don't, I don't know any hockey at all. I'm thinking about getting an Avs jersey though, not a real one. Um, a jersey off DH Gate? No, a fake, a knockoff one. What is DH Gate? Oh, uh, if you use DHgate, you'll have an addiction to buying jerseys because they're all like $30 and they're pretty good quality. Um, promo code. <laughs> yeah, get that for us. That'd be great. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, well, uh, yeah, the, it's been awful to watch, but Derek White had a great game. Did you watch that one, game six? It's yeah, the only yeah, thing I, keeping them in it. Yeah, he had, he's had a few um, really good games. I think he... Showed out against the Bucks too in a really important game. It is so um, crazy to me that that guy ended up being a playoff starter for a really good team. It's so awesome. Yeah, love that guy. Um, anything else we got? No, I don't think so. Um, we spent a lot more time on basketball because it's more fun to talk about basketball right now. Um, but football will be, I guess, a big part of the offseason. Um, um, petition, petition to include Gary Payton second as an honorary buff. No, absolutely not. Okay. He he posterized in Coors. He does not get that. What? He had a ridiculous poster dunk in Coors. You remember that? Um, but I think that that should be we should we should no. give him points for that. No, just like doesn't, Aaron Gordon doesn't, doesn't get points for that. Wait, doesn't okay. Well, I do give him points for that. That's Ugh. the thing. He's like the one Arizona player I like, and Mathurin is nice. Um, yeah, it's for sure Mathurin. Well, I like both. I can like two players from Arizona. I like Ryan. Remember Ryan Anderson? I don't like Ryan Anderson. Oh, fun fact. He was chippy. Um, <laughs> um, the other one, fuck, what was I going to say? Juan Toscano was my favorite on the Warriors. Um, 
Damn it, I had another one. Okay. You ruined it. Sorry. Oh, Obi Toppin is like, like, do you not like Obi Toppin more because of all the CU games? I do not like Obi Toppin more because of the At CU all. games. No. Okay. I do like Scoochie Smith more, their point guard, because his mm-hmm. name is Scoochie Smith, but. Okay. Uh, all right. No, I, liked, I, I liked Obi Toppin because he uh, was talking shit to the student section the entire game and threw down some nasty dunks and would yell at the fans. I know. And what's funny is uh, he lost twice. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I like him more. <laughs> okay. I, I can't quite figure out your rubric. If they're, if they're really good players that beat CU, you like them. If they're really good players that don't beat CU, you also like them? Uh, sometimes, yes. Okay. I think it just depends case by case on if I like the aesthetic of a player. Okay. Like Matisse Thibault would take a big old fat dump on CU every time they played. Yeah, but you you would probably... If you had the choice of being a CU fan for the rest of your life or a Matisse Thibault fan for the rest of your life, you would probably choose Thibault. No, I'd pick CU. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess I guess that wrong. Is it because Thibault had that weird? Uh... No, 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 no. It's I like him a lot, but if like you could, if you told me like Parquet, if you gave Parquet his skill set and put Parquet in the NBA and said I would. Uh, be more of a parquet fan. Well, we'll see. I do. do I don't remember where parquet landed. Do you? Uh, yes. It's a lower level. Texas UNLV. State, UNLV. UNLV. That's right. Yeah, that should be fun. Little mm-hmm. mini uh, uh, Long Kruger son. Yeah. On there. Yeah, they got another good uh, transfer. I forget where. I think from Oklahoma. Oh. Um, let's talk a little bit about overall college basketball. Have you been following a lot of the transfers? No. Okay, uh, Tyrese Hunter. Did you watch Iowa State? Oh, yeah, tournament? to Texas. I know yeah. he went to Texas. Yes, becoming a villain for everyone in the Big Twelve, which is hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> and then Illinois got a few different players. They're going to be a really good team. Illinois got Matthew Meyer from Baylor. Mm-hmm. Saw that. And they got uh, the guy Terrence Shannon from um, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Because he didn't get in academically into Michigan. Yes. Or they exactly. would have had to make him reset his uh, degree. Which is funnier? Yeah, it, it was a weird whole weird thing. And then uh, Kansas took McCuller from Texas Tech, who is their best player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas Tech Texas reloaded Tech again. Poached. They got a bunch of four and five stars in, um, so they'll be okay. But Kansas is looking ridiculous for next year. Still, not probably title winner, but still really good. Okay. Who even won the title? I forgot. Kansas. Oh, my God. Okay. That's why I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I because I was a little bit bored with March Madness this year, too. I think it was a little worse. What? what? Other years. You're crazy, Besides, man. Okay. 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 UNC's run was so fun. Okay. That's fair. It was. Hubert Davis. Come on. And hating okay. on Duke. Okay. And for Duke's okay. tournament to end? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. Okay. That, that was good. good. That was juicy. Yeah, and uh, I guess you didn't like it because CU wasn't in it. Is that it? Uh, no, it was because the games I did watch were not that entertaining. You're nuts. And then, and then all the good games were starting at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. local time, so I couldn't watch them. Oh, here's a fun one for you. Cutis Wahab transferred yes. back to Georgetown. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Because Georgetown lost literally everyone, and Patrick Ewing needs to win games for this to be anything other than his last year. So they both uh-huh. buried the hatchet because he had a disastrous year at Maryland last year. Yeah, he was uh, bad. Which was – I just found that hilarious that he just went back. 
the Jiraiya horn method, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one I can recall doing that. Besides Jake Jacob Eason, wait, who's the quarterback for Washington this year? He did that. Uh, Jake Brown, no, Fresno State quarterback. All right, this is probably the time to sign off. Yeah, Jake Hayner was going to transfer. Yes, yes, but I don't think he did. No. All right, the sign off. I'm done. Okay. All right, I'm done. Bye. Boss! Boss! Boss!